Good afternoon, everybody. Um, welcome to episode uh, 11 of season 3 of the Big Fitness Podcast. Um, just me today. Calm is experiencing uh, some technical difficulties. Well, not Calm. Calm's technically fine. It's his internet is is uh, on the blink, so he can't join us. Because um, we do these via a Zoom uh, call um, and, and transfer the recording onto the podcast. It's the easiest way to kind of... Uh, Maybe find a time that both kind of works for us. Uh, so yeah, you're just stuck with me today. I hope you're well. Um, hope you've been enjoying the the episodes up till now. Um, how did you like the episode with uh, Andy Watson last week? Uh, some useful stuff in there, whether you're a golfer or not. I think um, if you haven't checked that out, definitely worth getting uh, taking some time to listen to that one. Um, before we get into today's episode, I've got a couple of things I want to talk about today. Um, I really appreciate it if you could just hit the share button while you listen to this, um, or just as you finish, share it onto social media. Um, if you go to your podcast uh, source, wherever you get them, um, if you hit a rating and a review, that would be wonderful. Um, either or both work work wonders for us. Um, it'd be very much appreciated. Um, so I've got my coffee. Um, so we're just going to get kicked into it. Um, so <clears throat> question uh, that comes up every now and again is, should you do cardio or strength work first in your training session? So it, it's not uncommon to kind of try and lump those two things together. I certainly used to do that um, with clients. Do you add a, add a sort of finisher at the end and then, you know, push the sort of conditioning side um, and that can work but we'll get into that in a second but what we need to consider is something called the interference effect now this basically says that if you try to do uh, cardio and strength work in the same session there is an interference between the two that limits the effectiveness of both okay so it's not just that you're cardio um is impacted by the strength work you've done before it's that the strength work is also impacted because what you've got to remember here is that any adaptations occur during the training any stimulus that occurs during the training session the adaptation for that doesn't happen straight away it happens in the recovery period afterwards so if you're going into the gym you do a heavy strength session or a hypertrophy session or, or whatever your training session is you're applying one stimulus to your system. The recovery period in the sort of 24 to 48 hours afterwards is where the adaptation starts to happen. If you then, after that session, go and do a half hour cardio session, you're applying a different stimulus to the body. And the competing stimuli not stimuluses, as I was about to say, but the, the competing stimuli inhibit how much of an adaptation either one can elicit in the recovery period. So my main thought on this is that you shouldn't do both in the same session. If you can separate them out, um, maybe doing your strength session in the morning and maybe doing a cardio session later in the day, you know, kind of before and after work type of thing which isn't always feasible for a lot of folks. That would be 
one option. The other option is to do them on different days so that you get an adequate amount of recovery between one and the other. So, uh, for example, Monday might be a strength session. Tuesday may be an easy cardio day. Uh, Wednesday might be off. Thursday, you're back in the gym for a strength session. Friday, you're in for a strength session. A cardio session on Saturday and a day off on Sunday. Okay, so you're getting three good strength sessions in. You're getting two cardio sessions in. You're getting two days of recovery. I think that would probably work pretty well. Um, if you were to try and do them in the same day, technically I would avoid it, but what I would prioritize is whatever your main goal is. Like if your main goal is to get better for a marathon that you want to do or a half marathon or a 10K or whatever, that's clearly your priority. Your, your focus should be on those cardio training sessions where with strength work supporting and complementing that okay so the sessions for strength are going to be a little bit shorter they're going to be more focused on creating a sort of higher end strength um, and maybe some power work in there as well okay where your cardio sessions your your training sessions for the 10k or the marathon or whatever are separate and more focused on improving that kind of performance um Yeah, that's, that's kind of how I would look at it. If your goals are strength or hypertrophy-based, well, let's take them separately. If your goals are strength-based, then strength work has to be the priority. That's the adaptation that you're chasing the most. Now, cardio doesn't go right out the window. Cardio can be a very useful tool to help you recover more adequately between sets, between sessions. Um, so working on some um, aerobic cardio to improve your kind of cardiac efficiency, I guess, would be definitely um, recommended. Um, if you're finding that it's a struggle to kind of get your breath back between sets and stuff, like you don't want to be one of these powerlifter type dudes who who has to take kind of eight minutes rest between sets just because they can't get the breath back. Um, taking longer rest because you're working at a very high level of, of load, different story. But if it's purely that you just can't get your breath back or you struggle to walk upstairs, then yeah, maybe you should be working on some cardio. Um, but again, you would do that on a separate day. Um, I've actually just put in a conditioning type day for one of my online clients who had specifically asked for it because she was struggling with a bit of recovery between sets and stuff. And um, so we put in a conditioning day, um, relatively short, high intensity, work on um, building her fitness up so that she recovers a bit better between sessions. She already does a lot of aerobic stuff um, with walking and whatnot, but the anaerobic stuff to build, push that kind of side of things. Is definitely going to help um so from a strength perspective um adding in some cardio on off days um and that could just be a couple of long walks like initially that could be all it is and then you slowly build up as your your ability to to recover and, and improve gets better um if your goal is hypertrophy on the other hand 
then I would say you don't really want to be doing a whole lot of cardio because the area where most people struggle with hypertrophy is getting enough calories in. Now, in order to build muscle, you need to be in a calorie surplus. Um, so you need to be eating more food than you burn. If you are then adding in conditioning and cardio sessions, which burn more calories again, you're now having to eat even more calories in order to maintain surplus and kind of keep your uh, muscle gain as the focus. Um, again, it can be beneficial if you do it on a separate day, maybe use it as like a, a circuit style uh, conditioning session that can help. Um, keeping it relatively short so that you you know you're not doing it maybe doing it maybe twice a week for 20 minutes you know again you wouldn't get the boost in fitness but you have to make sure that you're eating enough calories to offset any calorie burn that you make with that because the focus isn't calorie burn it's it's building more muscle mass and building more size so kind of wrapping that up into a neater little package one think about what your main goal is if it's cardio focus on cardio with strength work supporting it because it's still important to be working on strength stuff if it is strength or hypertrophy focused make those the focus and find a way to work in some conditioning work to help support that and help improve recovery um, if it's fat loss then i would say that you could do them in the same session however the main focus is still going to be working on the strength and hypertrophy side of things do that first in the session and then add in a little bit of conditioning or steady state cardio at the end of the session because your, your focus with that is not really maximizing strength or, or muscle mass uh, muscle gain it's about uh, maintaining as much muscle mass as you can which is what the the resistance training is going to do um, and then maximizing calorie burn i guess uh on top of that to help maintain and, and create and maintain a, a calorie deficit okay so hopefully that makes sense um yeah focus on your goal first uh, and and adjust your approach accordingly i guess um the next thing i want to talk about is uh, an interesting study that i found um all about how sleep affects calorie intake now um what the basically the, 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 the oh, brain work the the purpose of the study was to look at how uh short and longer sleep durations impact calorie intake um, and this was done a, I'll try, uh, got the dates up first. This was February of this year, so it was quite quite recent. And basically what they looked at was um, there's kind of observational data that suggests that for every hour of sleep less than seven hours, you have there's a nine percent increase in obesity risk, um, and the study basically looked at um, 
two groups of people. They, they had a short, usually, well, not short sleep group. It was a group that was used as control. Their, their sleep patterns weren't changed. They were just averaged about six and a half hours per night. Um, and then there was a sleep extension group, which were given some sleep hygiene recommendations and aimed to extend their bedtime duration to eight and a half hours. Okay, so they spent longer in bed, not necessarily always asleep, but longer actually in bed. Um, so it's about 1.2 hours extra, so 72, yeah, 72 minutes extra of sleep. The results compared calorie intakes between the groups. Now, the calories on the extended sleep group actually reduced on average by 156 per day, which doesn't sound massive, um, but it is a bit of an impact. If you factor that up over the week, it's about a thousand calories a week um, on average. The control group who were on the shorter sleep amount, about six and a half hours per night, actually increased their calorie intake by 115 calories per day. So if you look at the difference between getting six and a half and eight and a half hours of, of bedtime, not necessarily sleep, but bedtime, it's almost 200, it's about 270 calories difference, which if you factor that up over a month, that's eight and a half thousand calories or so over a month, which, you know, if you look at the three and a half thousand calories per uh, pound of body fat number, it's about two and a half pounds of body fat change uh, between the two groups. And actually the sleep extension group, even though this was only over two weeks, the sleep extension group lost about 0.5 of a kilo um, in body weight, um, whereas the, the control group actually increased weight by 0.39 kilos. So again, if you look at the difference between the two groups, that is 0.9 of a kilo difference in two weeks, which is fairly substantial. And these were all done without any change in diet or exercise prescriptions. So they weren't given a specific diet to follow. They weren't given any specific exercise activities to follow. They were just told to do their normal thing um, and calories were monitored in and out um, by various methods. Um, so without doing anything to change your diet or exercise levels or activities, you could be making an impact of 270 calories a day, which like I say, is, is a fair amount. Um, if you factor that up across a month or six month period, that's a fairly substantial amount of change you could put in place just by getting more sleep. So it's one of these things that we constantly bang out bang on about during the podcast and indeed during uh the social media stuff that we put out is sleep is hugely important and this study gives a very good illustration um into how and why sleep becomes important from a body composition standpoint so if your goal is weight loss or fat loss simply increasing the amount of sleep that you have can make a massive impact so um i thought i would give you a kind of a very brief uh idea of, of how you can kind of help with improving sleep um through the way that kind of i kind of approach it with clients and myself 
So where I start with it is, is looking at when you need to be up in the morning. If you need to be up by 7 a.m. and you know that you need to be getting between 7 and 8 hours of sleep, you know that working back from 7 a.m., you want to be in bed no later than 11 p.m. to give you eight hours in bed, okay? You probably want to be in bed a little bit earlier than that just to be kind of give yourself a bit of a buffer. But you want to be in bed by 11 o'clock. Working two hours before that, you want to start shutting off the sort of electronic devices. Phones go on to uh, that kind of uh, blue light filter, uh, dim the screen, all that sort of stuff, dim the lights in the room, um, in your house. Um, you want to try and limit alcohol intake in that two hours up to bedtime. Um, going an hour past that, you want to kind of shut off any work stuff. Okay, so you want to try and not work right up until you go to bed because your brain's going to be buzzing. It's going to be very difficult to sleep. You're not going to get a good restful sleep. So you want to try and shut work off a couple of hours before work, three hours before before bedtime. You don't want to be eating big meals, kind of more, less than four hours to bedtime. Okay, so can you want to be eating around seven o'clock if you're aiming for an 11 o'clock bedtime. Okay, between six and seven would be kind of ideal. Bigger meals later in the evening, are going to impact on your ability to get to sleep and how good quality sleep you're going to get, um, especially in that first part of sleep. So, and then caffeine you want to cut out from about six hours before. Okay, so I would even say before that, because like you're looking at five o'clock for your last coffee, that might be pushing it for some folks. It depends on how quickly you kind of metabolize coffee. I tend to have my last coffee between kind of half three and quarter past four. It seems to work for me because when I get to bed back at nine o'clock, about sort of half nine, say, I have no issue falling asleep. So I know that a five hour gap between my last coffee and going to sleep works for me. I don't have any issues. If I was to have a coffee later than that, it's going to be a problem. Um, I'm probably not getting to sleep till, you know, a good five hours after whatever that last coffee is. So start with your wake up time. Try and make that as consistent as you can across the week, including weekends to help build up a good rhythm with it. Work back your eight hours to when you need to be in bed. An hour or two before that, you want to be cutting off blue light, cutting off devices, ideally. An hour before that, you want to shut down work. Okay, so that'd be about eight o'clock. You want to have a kind of a hard limit of eight o'clock as your as your time. Your last meal should be six between six and seven o'clock in this example, and your last coffee should be between probably four and five o'clock to make sure that the caffeine is metabolized out your system and it's not going to impact sleep. Um, so using those kind of simple rules of thumb can work really, really well to help you get that eight hours. And there's honestly no reason why you shouldn't be able to get eight hours in bed, you know. The difficulty then becomes, you know, if you're up at five in the morning, you're having to get to bed at nine. Some people are going to struggle with that um, because there's there's too many other distractions. But, you know, TV shows, you can catch up with them later. You know, you, you don't need to watch the next episode of whatever's on Netflix. It, you're, you're giving up something that's hugely important, i.e. sleep, for something that you can do anytime. You know, everybody's got catch-up TV. You can watch stuff anytime. It doesn't matter, um, especially if if you're you have a kind of body composition goal, whether that is 
fat loss, whether it's muscle gain, whether it's performance related, all of these require good amounts of sleep to in order for you to, to perform at your best and to get the kind of outcomes that you want. So if you're struggling with sleep, give those examples a go, I'll pop them into the show notes so that you can kind of copy them down. Um, and if you have any questions on it, just give me a shout. So that's us for today. I'm going to wrap that up there. Relatively short one. Um, hopefully you found it useful. Hopefully you found it interesting. So as I said at the start of the show, please uh, share if you can on social media. Um, if you know people who are struggling with sleep or uh, you know getting into training, not sure how they kind of build out their programs and stuff, it could be useful to share with those folks. Um, leave a rating and review if you can and have a great week. We'll be back as normal next week. Take it easy.